Today is August the 5th, 2022, and it's a great day to have a day here on the Spurs Up show, the best Gamecocks podcast on the internet. On today's show, talking season is officially over as South kind of football hits the practice field today to begin fall camp. Guys, I will give my top five storylines heading into fall practice and the five things that you should be looking for as the Gamecocks continue preparation for Georgia State on September the 3rd. Also, guys, we continue along with our 2022 opponent preview series. Guys, on today's show, we break down the Gamecocks week 11 opponent, the Florida Gators. Guys, I'll break down the Gators in their entirety, including their head coach, how they fared a season ago, their best returning players on offense and defense, and I'll give my overall outlook for Billy Napier's squad as well. Also, we got your listener questions, guys. A packed show here on this Friday, and of course, as always, it's brought to you by our friends over at SeatGeek. Go download the SeatGeek app. Go to SeatGeek.com and when you do, use the promo code SPURSUP to get $20 off your first purchase of any purchase of $50 or more. Guys, whatever you need tickets to, they have got it. Whether it be Gamecock sporting events, concerts, comedy club events, you name it, they got it. Again, guys, they got what's called a deal score as well. So when you go to their website or on their app, they're going to tell you exactly where you're sitting, how much you're paying. So when you click that buy button, guys, you're going to know you're getting the most bang for your buck. So again, guys, that's our friends over at SeatGeek. Go download the SeatGeek app or go to SeatGeek.com. And when you do, use that promo code SPURSUP. That's S-P-R-S-U-P to save $20 off your first purchase of any purchase of $50 or more. Let's get it. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. been cut the lines have been painted and the Gamecocks are officially back on the practice field as we now sit just 29 days away 
until toe meets leather at Williams-Brice Stadium and year two of the Shane Beamer era begins. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, happy Friday, TGIF. I hope you're all doing well. I'm Chris Phillips, your host of the Spurs Up Show as always, and we have got a jam-packed show and an exciting show, guys, and I've got a little bit more pep in my step than normal because, like I said, football's officially back. South Carolina is practicing once again. Fall camp has begun. Football is officially in the air. I know you can all feel it. Again, guys, I hope this show does find you well. No matter where you are, what you are doing, very excited to chat with each and every single one of you. Before we get into everything, a couple of quick updates and reminders. First things first, guys, in case you missed this, yesterday, I'm sure many of you listening to this tune in to the Daily Crow every single day, Monday through Friday, noon to two, streaming live on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch. For those of you who cannot tune in live, and I want to say to those of you who can, who call, who comment, who banter, Thank you all so much. But what I came to realize was this. Not everyone has that two-hour slot to tune in every day live. And also, even those that do, not everyone can tune in for the full two-hour show. So with that being said, a lot of you go back and listen to it or watch it or want to consume it in some type of way. And as a consumer myself, I know it can get very annoying having to watch on YouTube or on Facebook or on Twitter and having that video pulled up, right, and not being able to do other things. Well, we have solved that problem. The Daily Crow is officially now available in podcast form. iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast, guys, you can now tune in. The Daily Crow will be distributed in an audio podcast version basically immediately after TDC airs noon to two. That will drop, I'll say every day, every day at three o'clock. We'll say it will drop right after the show. You can hear the full Daily Crow. We will cut out the five-minute breaks as well. So again, this is not to discourage people from tuning in live. It's quite the opposite. It's just to provide value for those of you, again, who may not be able to catch the entire thing or you want to go back and listen to something, maybe an interview, or you're only able to catch bits and pieces and you want to hear the entire show. Now you have the ability to do that with it being now in podcast form. So again, just stay tuned on social media. We will post the links to that every single day or just go to iTunes and or Spotify. Look up The Daily Crow on iTunes and Spotify. You will find it there. Be sure you rate, you subscribe, you like, you show love. And again, thank y'all so much because without your love and support and without the high demand for The Daily Crow, this is not something I would be doing because oh, it's all because of you guys, the love you've shown, the support for that show. Thank y'all so much. And again, I'm very excited and proud to announce that the Daily Crow is officially now available in podcast form. iTunes, Spotify, we should probably be getting up on Stitch or Google Podcasts. Again, guys, it will drop immediately following, we'll say, 3 o'clock every day, Monday through Friday, so you can go back and listen to TDC in case you missed it. And again, guys, thank you all so much for continue love and support. And continue to tune in live, by the way, if you can, noon to 2, taking your questions, comments, calls. We always have a good time there. Also, guys, on the merchandise side of things. I'm very excited to announce that towels are officially back in stock in regards to our live events and live shows. This does not affect anyone that wants to order online. Continue to submit your orders. We are getting those shipped out as quickly as we possibly can, but we've got towels inventory back in stock. We had a great event last night at Carolina Ale House in downtown Greenville, but continuing with our events, our TSUS tour, all of our tailgates everywhere, we're going to be live. I will have these towels and koozies, by the way, 
on hand. So I want to make sure you guys knew if you're coming out to any of the tour events, you're coming to tailgates, we will have the Beamer Ball rally towels in stock on hand for sale for you guys. So really excited about that. With that being said, guys, let's go ahead and dive into it because we're talking football as fall camp begins today. I'm going to lock in my top five storylines and really the top five things I'll be keeping an eye on as we do head into fall camp. And guys, starting with number one, and I've got these sort of randomly rated one through five, but number one, this one certainly for me is my top storyline. And as I've taught many times before, if you've got a quarterback, you've got a chance. And the quarterback position, it is the most important position on the football field. If you don't have that guy, it's going to be really, really tough for you on a weekend, week out basis to navigate an SEC schedule. I mean, guys, you look back at last year, it's an absolute miracle. The Gamecocks won seven games with four different players starting a game. And get this, guys, nine different players through a pass. For South Carolina. I mean, that is a baffling statistic. My top storyline, guys, is Rattler's reign begins in Columbia. And, and I'll say this too and preface all these storylines with this, guys. We're not out at practice, right? We are limited to whatever the players and the coaches and those guys say in their media availability. So do I think we're going to hear anything really earth-shattering from any of the people that I've mentioned? No. But these are the things that I'll be looking, trying to read sort of in between the lines. I'm sure you will be as well. So I wanted to make that clear. I mean, again, I'm not sure we're going to be able to pull or answer any of our questions, right? The only way we're going to get answers to questions is when Toe meets Leather against Georgia State and we begin this 2022 football season. But these are the top things I'm looking for. So again, Spencer Rattler's reign beginning in Columbia and really hearing all things going well in regards to QB1, right? There's going to be a lot of pressure, a lot of hype a lot of expectations around the Gamecock signal caller, both locally and nationally, right? I almost feel like nationally people are waiting on this guy to fail. There's doubters everywhere. They don't feel like his attitude's right. He's going to be a negative to the Gamecocks locker room. He's not ready for SEC play. I am very excited to hear a daily update on how things are going with Spencer Rattler. I'm excited to hear from Rattler's teammates on how he's taking over as a leader, continuing to reinforce that he is a positive addition to the locker room and he is a, a plus when it comes to having him as a teammate. I'm very excited to hear those things and hear those updates because, again, I've said it many times, guys. We can talk defense. We can talk receivers. We can talk even line of scrimmage. But I really do feel that to some degree – this football team is going to go as far as seven takes them. Bottom line, right? Bottom line. It's a quarterback-driven game, and Rattler is that dude for South Carolina. So, again, Beamer Rattler 22, the Rattler era officially begins on the field with fall camp today at the facility. And, of course, it'll culminate and really take place when we get going at Williams-Brice Stadium. Guys, my second top storyline I'm looking for heading into fall camp and anytime you have to replace a guy who's your all-time points leader in school history, that is a big deal. So how does South Carolina replace Parker White? Shane Beamer has spoke on this. Mitch Jeter, Alex Herrera, those will probably be the two dudes that will be battling for the job. I tend to think that Mitch Jeter will win the starting kicker job. But this is a big deal. Listen, I know special teams doesn't move the needle quite as much as, of course, like a Rattler or the quarterback position or defense or what have you. But when you're a team like the Gamecocks, right, and even the injury to Kai Kroger could be looked at 
as a big deal, right? Because he's your holder. He's your punter, right? When you're a team like South Carolina, who I think we all expect to play in a lot of close ball games, right? Having a dependable kicker, it's not something you think about when you've got a good one. But when you don't, it means everything. I let, let's think back to Parker White's first season in Columbia and how stressful that was. So what are the updates from fall camp? Who wins that job? Is it Mitch Jeter? Is it Alex Herrera? And really, I mean, again, this is a question mark. We're not going to have the answer to it until we get to the actual season. But are you able to find a dependable, consistent option for this Carolina football team? Because, again, there's three phases of the game, right? Offense, defense, special teams. When you're a team like South Carolina and you're going to have a lot of games in which you're the underdog, if you want to pull some upsets, well, you got to win two of three phases. If you can take advantage of special teams, it is going to go a long, long way in helping you overachieve and maybe win more and win some games that you're maybe not supposed to win. So who wins that job? Jeter, Herrera, who releases, excuse me, who replaces Parker White? And also back to Kai Kroger. Again, we all heard from Beamer yesterday that he is not going to be available for the start of fall camp. Thankfully, it sounds like it's not something serious. But of course, Kai, shout out a TSUS athlete, but it's something where you keep an eye on it, right? I mean, you certainly don't want it to linger. Kai Kroger, one of the best punters in the SEC, and he really can be used as a weapon for you. Again, for our Gamecocks football team, guys, we talk about Beamer Ball. Well, what is Beamer Ball? It's literally special teams, right? <laughs> I think sometimes we forget what Beamer Ball is. It is winning and special teams. So kickers, punters, holders, all a very big deal, and we love the specialists here on the Spurs Up Show. My third top storyline. Heading into fall camp, guys. And again, I've talked about the Gamecocks defense a lot. And what's so intriguing about this Carolina defense is this. I think most folks look at the defense and they just feel like, oh, it's a given we're going to be great. Because Clayton White overachieved last year. Torian Gray, what he did with the secondary. You know, we've got talent coming back on the defensive front. We got Sherrod Green back at linebacker. We will figure it out. And you very well may be right. But I think there are a lot of question marks around this South kind of defense. Not just the offense, but the defense as well has things to prove and things they need to show. My question and my storyline, guys, is this, is just who steps up as the leader of the South kind of defense? Because I think last year, at least on the field, it was Jalen Foster, right? Led your defense in takeaways. It was one of the top getters in the SEC at getting takeaways and getting the ball off of people. That, for me, is a major question. You insert Devonnie Reed from Central Michigan. There's no guarantee he's going to be that guy. Now, listen, he might be better. We just don't know yet. But is it going to be him? Is it going to be a thumper like Sherrod Green in the middle? Does Zach Pickens take ownership of that Gamecocks defense? Is it a guy like a Jordan Strawn? Is it Cam Smith on the outside at DB? But who is it? Every defense needs their leader. They need their voice. They need their heart and soul. They need their big play guy. Jalen Foster was that dude a season ago, and it's in fall camp. It's in this preseason where you sort of figure out who that dude is. So again, is it Reed? Is it Smith? Is it Pickens? Is it Green? Only time will tell. That's what these practices are for. But that's my big question with the Gamecocks defense. You leaned so heavily on turnovers a season ago. Will you be able to make a living doing that yet again? And if so, who is that big play guy? Who's that dude we're turning to when we're saying, okay, it's third and long, Time to make a big play because Jalen Foster was that guy a season ago, and obviously he is no longer here. My fourth top storyline, guys, heading into fall camp. There are a lot of position battles on this football team. Going back to the offensive side, there are maybe none more intriguing than that of the running back position, right? Will there be an RB1 
coming out of fall camp. That is my fourth top storyline. And I think this storyline, a lot of the questions around the running back position will be answered by what Marshawn Lloyd does, right? If he lives up to his five-star billing and he becomes the guy we all think he can be, well, there you go, right? The running back position, the running back room will be fine. Of course, you add Christian Beal Smith, who I've been very high on from the jump. I think he actually is RB1 to start this season. You then have a guy like Juju McDowell, who I think is your most underrated player on the offensive side. All he does is every time he touches the football is get basically nine or 10 yards per touch. Then you got a guy like Lavoisier Carroll, who's a little bit of a mystery, right? Coming from Georgia, played DB last year, was one of the most highly touted running backs coming out of the high school ranks, right? What does he do? Can he factor in at all? Then you got a guy like Rashad Amos, who hadn't played since 2020, but when he did play, I thought he showed flashes. You lose Kevin Harris, you lose a Quandre White, right? This is a question mark. This position group is a question mark. When we ha- when we do our position unit previews, I will talk more about it. But my question is this. Is there anyone that's going to separate themselves in fall camp? Do we hear about anyone from the coaches, from other players? Is there anybody that – because you know what's interesting about fall camp? You're not going to find answers to questions, but you can kind of hear rumors, right? You can hear guys hint at, oh, that guy looks really good, or this guy looks like he could be special – Juju McDowell was that guy last year, right? We heard a lot about Juju throughout fall camp. People were like, man, have you heard about this Juju McDowell kid? Have you heard about Juju McDowell? He He's maybe the most explosive player on the offensive side of the ball. Is there a guy like that? It's like a Lavoisier Carroll. Do we hear rumblings like, man, he looks really good in camp, or this guy or that guy. Does it come out of the running back room? And can Marshawn Lloyd or will Marshawn Lloyd, second year coming off the injury, Will he go back to being or will he become the dude that I think we all feel like he can be? I really do feel like this running back groom, because I think you kind of know what you have in Christian Beal Smith, but it just all comes back to what is Marshawn Lloyd going to do? What is Marshawn Lloyd going to do for you? Could he take over and establish himself as RB1? Because it's a great thing to have depth at that position, but you need a couple of guys to step up and sort of establish themselves as the go-to players in the backfield. And guys, my final storyline my fifth and final storyline is this and I hate to bring it up but it is a storyline especially after last year and that fifth storyline is this avoiding the injury bug right because there's a fine line you want to be physical you want to get your football team ready to play but the last thing you want you know Steve Spurrier used to preach on this was don't get your best players hurt in practice and right I'm not tempting the football gods this year, right? Because I came in the last preseason. Oh, my goodness, it feels so good to not have a a quarterback controversy. We've got our quarterback set. Luke Doty's going to be the guy. What happens? Luke Doty goes down with a foot injury, and all hell breaks loose when Zeb Nolan gets inserted into the lineup. So are the Gamecocks able – and a lot of it's just luck, right? I mean, that whole thing with Luke Doty, his foot gets stepped on. That's not anybody's fault. It's just horrid luck. So are the Gamecocks – Able to avoid the injury bug, I think Spencer Rattler should practically be wrapped in bubble wrap for the preseason. I mean, just do not – if you touch Spencer Rattler or you hit him, they ought to cut your freaking ass. I'm not even joking. They ought to cut you. You shouldn't play if you're that silly and that stupid to do that and hurt your quarterback. So, avoiding the injury bug, get through the preseason healthy. You know, people ask, what will deem a successful fall camp? If you can get through fall camp healthy – Get to week one with your team as fully intact as possible, right? Because nicks and bruises are going to happen. But 
Do everything you can that's preventative. Do everything you can to avoid that. Get to week one as healthy as possible because you're going to need all hands on deck when you begin this 2022 football season. So again, guys, my top five storylines. Heading into fall camp, number one, Rattler's reign begins in Cola. Number two, replacing Parker White. Number three, who steps up as your leader on defense? Number four, the RB1 spot. And number five, avoiding that dreaded injury bug. Folks, we'd love to hear your top five storylines. What are you most looking forward to going into fall camp? And I know we're all very, very excited that, guys, football is back. I mean, listen, we had the preseason last night in NFL. Before you know it, Vandy's going to be on the island taking on Hawaii. I'm fired up. It, it's so great to have football back. It's back in the air. Feels so good to know that kickoff is just around the corner. And with that being said, guys, staying with football, we're going to continue along with the 2022 opponent preview series, talking to Florida Gators on today's show. Before we do, though, I want to tell you about our friends over at Prize Picks. Speaking of football, I know many of you love to gamble that listen to the show and you bet on things like the line, the spread, the over-unders, future bets, what have you. But what about prop plays? Man, let's break the bookie this season with our friends over at Price Picks. Go download the Price Picks app or go to pricepicks.com. And when you do, use the promo code TSUS at sign up to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Guys, Price Picks is the simplest fantasy game on the market focused around prop total entries. Here's how it works. You pick two to five players. You can win up to 10 times on any entry. Price Picks has no sharks, optimizers, or mass multi-entry. It's literally just you against the projection price picks allows mixed sport entry. So, for example, you can take the over on Spencer Rattler passing yards, parlayed with the under on LeBron, parlayed with the over on Patrick Mahomes. You can do NFL, NBA, NHL, obviously college sports. And how many other books allow you to do prop plays? With college sports, the answer is zero, I believe. Price Picks also has a slick, easy to use mobile app, both on the App Store and Google Play. And Price Picks is 4.8 stars rated in the App Store with rave reviews. Again, guys, it's our friends over at Price Picks. Go download the Price Picks app or go to pricepicks.com. And when you do, use the promo code TSUS at sign up to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. And again, guys, let's break the bookie with our friends at Price Picks. This season. Okay, the show rolls on. The 2022 opponent preview series, guys. The Gamecocks Week 11 opponent as Carolina travels to Ben Hill Griffin Stadium, better known as the Swamp, Saturday, November the 12th, to take on the Florida Gators. When you look at this series, guys, Florida with the upper hand leads the series 29 10 and 3. But as we all know, over the last decade, when Steve Spurrier took over, this thing has been much, much more competitive. Look at the game last year, the last meeting. Who would have thunk, guys, this time last year? If I would have told you that the Gamecocks would have beaten Florida by three touchdowns, you would have called me insane. But that's exactly what happened. South Carolina came in the game at Williams-Brice Stadium against Florida as a 20-point underdog and proceeded to whip that Gator ass and won that football game 40-17. to Mark Ryan, rub salt in the wound, my friend. Hey, love you, Mark. All good. <laughs> all love. Anyway, South Carolina won that game 40-17. to you look at the Gators, it was a struggle last year. Of course, Dan Mullen getting fired in that season last year, 6-7 and seven overall, 2-6 and six in SEC play. And that year, of course, led to a new head coach, Billy Napier, which is so interesting because the previous coach at Louisiana, of course, Napier was a target for South Carolina and was someone they talked to, but obviously that Gamecocks landed on Shane Beamer, which I think obviously was a blessing. Billy Napier previously serving at Clemson and, like I said, was at Louisiana as well. He takes over at Florida, and there are certainly mixed reviews 
on Billy Napier, right? And I'll tell you what, the Gators fan base, they are relentless. I mean, there have been people that have said, fire Billy Napier, and the guy has not even coached a game in Gainesville yet, just because of recruiting. And then you look at Florida's recruiting, and they're still recruiting their asses off. I think Florida fans are just insane. I think they're crazy, to be honest with you. Either way, though, Billy Napier begins. I think he's a solid coach for them, but I think it is, you know, for a program like Florida, I know Billy Napier is one of the hot names, one of the young up-and-comers, but it is a risk because just because you win at Louisiana, that doesn't mean that you're fit to be at a school like Florida and win in the SEC. How did they fare a season ago, guys? Let's go through their 2021 schedule. Again, they went 6-7 and seven overall, 2-6 and six in the SEC. They won their first two games against FAU and USF, lost to Alabama in a really, really close game. I recall this one. Lost to Bama 31 to 29. At that point, you're thinking, okay, Florida's pretty good this year. They then beat Tennessee the following week, 38 to 14. And then we're thinking, oh God, Florida's really, really good this year. They then lose the following week to Kentucky, 20 to 13. They beat Vanderbilt 42 to zero, then lost three in a row against LSU, Georgia, and South Carolina. This is where things really start to fall apart. They beat Samford 70 to 50. Two, by the way, Sanford scored 52 points. And that's when you sort of knew, especially on the defensive side, and Todd Grantham, obviously, he got out. But that's when the defense had really checked out for them. They lost to Missouri in overtime, certainly their worst loss of the year. Uh, beat Florida State in their rivalry game, by the way, before losing their bowl game in the Gasparilla Bowl to UCF, which you know had to sting a final score of 29-17. to 17. And, of course, guys, that was enough to get Dan Mullen out of there and Billy Napier taking over for the job. Now, while Florida is in a quote-unquote rebuilding phase, they do have some top players and they've got some elite talent coming back. Let's look at their best trained players on offense and defense and we'll start on the offensive side on the outside, white wide receiver Justin Shorter. You look at his numbers from a season ago, 41 catches, 550 yards and three touchdowns. He is a weapon in that Gators offense and somebody Billy Napier should utilize early and often in this 2022 season. You look at their best training player on defense, Edge Brenton Cox Jr. leads the way. 41 tackles a season ago, 14 and a half tackles for loss, and eight and a half sacks. He was one of the most lethal edge players in the SEC and certainly, again, leads a Florida defense that will be looking for a rebound year in this 2022 season. Guys, we look at the overall outlook of Florida. Again, 14 returning starters, six on the offensive side, and eight on the defensive side. And a lot of their question marks. Again, when you look at year one of Napier and the expectations, what are the expectations? How patient will Florida fans be with Billy Napier? We're already seeing in this preseason. Um, it hasn't exactly been the most patient group, right? Florida fans are not quite good at saying, well, we'll just win six or seven in year one and be okay with that. You're seeing Florida fans all over social media, the message boards, what have you. But year one of Napier, there's a transition in year one, right? We saw it last year with Shane Beamer and what he did in Columbia and, and what type of team will the Gators field. A lot of the question marks can be solved at the quarterback position. What is Anthony Richardson's ceiling at quarterback? Of course, last year they dealt with Emory Jones and all he had going on, and you know he was not a great quarterback. AR-15, which I know he changed his nickname, but I'm still going to call him AR-15, what have you. AR-15, he took over at QB, showed you know obviously a highly touted recruit. He showed the ability to throw and run, showed that dual threat ability. Now, he was not always consistent. Has the build, six foot four, 237, right? He's got to show better durability and decision-making. they got a transfer that's come in, Ohio State transfer Jack Miller III. Will battle him for that job, but I do think Anthony Richardson will be 
the guy for Florida. But again, how far can he take them? How good can he be? It's a Gators team that lost a lot up front. They lost their entire right side of their line. They lost their, their running backs. And again, it's already an offense that was not great last year, ranked in the middle of the SEC. So um, a lot of it will fall on Richardson. His play will determine how far they go in this season. You look at the defensive side, it's really a star-studded secondary that will lead the Gators' defense. They return Avery Helm, Jason Marshall Jr., Trevez Johnson, trading the third, and Rashad Torrance the second. Guys, those are all defensive backs. They return all five of those guys. They also add on the defensive side. Um, I had it pulled up here. They add from Georgia. Yeah, Georgia transfer Jalen Kimber. Right, They've also got guys back from injury, so they should be better on the defensive side because when you look at Florida last year, they were 11th in the SEC in scoring, 10th in rushing. They were 4th in passing, so solid against the pass, but again, that's because they couldn't stop the run. And they were 8th total in defense. Not numbers that are good enough for a Florida Gators defense. So again, Billy Napier, while he's known as an offensive guy, he will look to flip that defense. New defensive coordinators, Patrick Tony and Sean Spencer will look to make their mark on that team. And guys, really for me, when I look at the outlook of Florida, to me, they are the biggest mystery in the SEC East because you look at SEC media days, right? And where they were picked to finish. The Gators were picked to finish fourth. And there were many folks I talked to that were SEC media days, most notably my friend Brad Crawford, right? Brad been on our show a lot. He said that he would have picked the Gamecocks and he thought the Gamecocks were going to be picked ahead of Florida. Here's my thing with Florida. Do I think Florida is going to be a great team this year? No, I do not. I don't think they're anywhere near challenging a Georgia. I think Florida's sort of in the middle of the SEC East pack, trying to fight their way up that SEC East hierarchy. But I will say this, it's still Florida, right? And they still have talent. So for me, what I think is that I just think it's, I think it's ignorant to think that Florida, oh, they just don't have anybody. They don't have any good players. Like, it's Florida, guys. But what do you make of Florida? Are they a six-win team, a seven-win team, an eight-win team? Do they surprise? You know, my guy Brett Cianci with Pick 6 Previews, he's very high on the Florida Gators. He tends to think they're being underrated. I know a lot of you tuning in, you think they're overrated. There are so many questions surrounding this team, right? So many questions, brand new coach, a lot of unknowns on both sides of the football. To me, Florida is the biggest mystery, not even just in the East, but the entire SEC. I don't know what to make of Florida. I don't know what to think of Florida. I think I picked them to go seven and five. I think they will be better than I think Gamecock fans are giving credit. I don't think there's some great team this year, though, but they are a huge mystery in my opinion. That leads me into... I think it's so pivotal for South Carolina. Can the Gamecocks take advantage of what I think right now is a down Florida team, right? Of course, this is not a traditional Florida team. And when you're talking about SEC East hierarchy, and the thing that I think not really scares me, but concerns me looking at this game, so many Gamecock fans are so quick to write off Florida. Oh, they got a first-year coach. You know, South Carolina's got to travel to the swamp, obviously. But Gamecock fans will say, oh, they got a first-year coach. They're rebuilding. They're a mess. Guys, Here's what scares me about that thought process and that school of thinking. Florida looked at us the exact same way last year, right? They looked at us the exact same way, and we beat them by 23. So, listen, I'm not saying that Florida's going to beat South Carolina by 23. I'm not even saying that Florida's going to beat South Carolina because if you, I might, you might recall I picked the Gamecocks to beat Florida in my game-by-game -game predictions. However, I would just say this. If you're looking at this game and thinking of this game as just an easy kick-in win, you know, no-brainer, Carolina's going to wax Florida, 
I think that's the wrong way to look at it, man. I, I really do believe that Florida has talent. I think they're a football team that while they won't be great, I think they will scare some people. I think when you look at their schedule, you know, we're going to find out very quickly. They open up with Utah and Kentucky back to back. They then got USF at Tennessee, Eastern Washington, Mizzou, LSU, Georgia at AM, Carolina at Vandy at Florida State. I'm not saying they're going to be great, but it would not shock me to see Florida win a game or two they're not supposed to. Now, I think in the first year of Billy Napier, they're going to have to win win games ugly. Napier is not a wide open, throw it 50 times a game type coach. He wants to win with running game. And I don't know if Florida is really going to be equipped to win the way he wants, but I do think it is pivotal for South Carolina in year two of Shane Beamer. Take advantage of Florida while you can, man, because again, you're trying to level up in the SEC East. It's recruiting battles against every SEC school. You took down Florida last year. That was a huge win. If you can build on it with back-to-back wins, you know, we talk about streaks and trends, what a great streak and a trend it would be to build to where, hey, Florida's a team. We look at our schedule. We, we feel confident we're going to take down the Gators. So I think it's pivotal the Gamecocks do that, but I do not think this is some easy kick-in win. I think it is going to be a tough battle, a tough matchup for South Carolina. I think it's going to be one of the better games of this season. So, guys, that's my breakdown of the Florida Gators. Would love to hear your thoughts. What are your overall feelings on this game against Florida, and how do you think Florida's going to fare this year? Because like I said, guys, I don't know what to make of the Gators. I feel like they're one of the biggest mysteries in the SEC. Um, You know, I could see them winning eight or nine games. I could see Florida just fighting to get to a bowl game. So what are you guys' thoughts? We'd love to hear from you. Guys, before we get out of here and we go into the weekend, let's dive into your listener questions. Ben Smitty 2017 says, is the hype around Florida's quarterback real? He seems overrated. I think Anthony Richardson, I think Anthony Richardson's a lot like DJU at Clemson in the sense that he's got the build People feel like he's got the skill set. Is it going to pan out, right? Because I think you saw flashes of brilliance last year, but you also saw him just, you know, j- just just kind of crap the bed at times. You look at his numbers. He only threw 64 passes, threw for 529 yards, six touchdowns with five picks, right? So the decision-making has got to be better. Um, his overall presence in the pocket has got to be better. I-, I think the potential's there, but potential's a scary word because that doesn't mean it's going to come to fruition. Um, a lot of folks saying that Carolina should beat Florida. Krusty Andy says, what are Florida's biggest weaknesses in year one of Napier? I think the offensive line, I think you got to look defensively. I think you got to look defensively. They were atrocious a year ago, and they do return a lot. But I've talked about a lot before, guys, like experience. What does it matter if it's not good experience? So I think defensively, that is the big question mark area. And then Anthony Richardson, I mean, what is he going to be for them? Brennan Smith, 765, says, not about Florida, but who scores the first touchdown of the year against Georgia State? I will go Rattler on the QB sneak. Bobby Light SC, last question, if we can stay healthy and run the ball. Yes, I think we need a turnover to ice the game. Yeah, I think this is a close game. I, I, I don't see this being some blowout victory for USC. I think this is a very close back-and-forth ball game. I do have the Gamecocks getting the win, but I tell you, it's interesting to see so many South Carolina fans, they're picking this as a dub, and they're not even thinking about it, right? How many years have we come into where we looked at the Florida game and just said, oh, that's a win, and not even, like, done research, not even thought about it, didn't think about it twice. Yeah, that's a W. Take advantage of the Gators. I like that. I love that feeling. But for that trend to continue and that thought process to continue, you need to beat Florida again and take advantage of them when they're down with a first-year head coach. So, guys, thank you all so much for the listener questions. Appreciate you guys being engaging. And, again, thank you so much for the love and support at Carolina Alehouse in downtown Greenville last night. Stay tuned to all the content, guys. Again, like I said, football season is officially here, man. We're rocking. We're rolling. We're getting after it. Just about four weeks away until toe meets leather. Cannot wait. Folks, appreciate you all tuning in. Thank you all so much for the continued love and support. Y'all have a fantastic weekend. Talk to you on...
Monday. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945. 